This season of The Ones Who Succeed is brought to you by Skillshare. Skillshare is an online learning platform with over 20,000 classes in business, marketing, technology, design, and more. You can take classes in social media marketing, video editing, entrepreneurship, you name it, they've got it. So whether you're trying to deepen your professional skill set, start a side hustle, or just explore a new passion, Skillshare is there to keep you learning and thriving. So join the millions of students already learning on Skillshare today. Because Skillshare is offering the ones who succeed listeners two months of unlimited access to over 20,000 classes all for free. To sign up, go to Skillshare.com succeed. Again, that's Skillshare.com succeed. That link is how they know we, the ones who succeed, send you to start your first two months now. That link is also in the description of this podcast. And a special thanks to Skillshare for sponsoring the show. Welcome back to the show. I'm Campbell Barron. So on today's episode, I have a conversation with Ryan Holmes, who is the co-founder and CEO of Hootsuite. But before we get into the episode, let's go back in time to June of 2018. It was a warm June day back then. The sun was shining, the birds were chirping, but perhaps the best part of the whole day was when I received an email in the afternoon. Now, this wasn't just any email. No, no, no. This was a special type of email. Because when I opened it up, the content was much different from the usual emails I received. And if you're wondering what the content of the email was, well, good. That was the intent. Because the email was a message letting me know that Ryan Holmes accepted my interview request for a new show I was starting called The Ones Who Succeed. Now, this was a significant email for two reasons. The first is that Ryan Holmes was the very first person to agree to do an interview because pretty much all of the emails leading up to this were rejection letters. And second, Ryan Holmes is a big deal. For those of you who don't know, Ryan dropped out of university and eventually co-founded Hootsuite, which is a massive social media management tool used by millions all over the world. In fact, Hootsuite is valued at over a billion dollars and has offices all over the world in cities like Toronto, San Francisco, Singapore, Milan, London, Paris, Sydney, just to name a few. So how did Ryan do it? How did he build this tech giant? That's what I wanted to find out. Hi, my name is Campbell Barron, and I'm a 15-year-old entrepreneur from Toronto, Canada. And you are listening to my podcast, The Ones Who Succeed where each week I meet with inspiring entrepreneurs and talk to them about their journey to success. You have to get off the sidelines and you have to go and do it. And um, you can't do it through theory. You can't do it theoretically because it's something that you just have to experience. Hear their stories, experiences, and firsthand what it took to succeed in their field. Why am I doing this? Because I want to learn from the ones who succeed. And you can too.
Okay, so Hootsuite's headquarters is in Vancouver, British Columbia. And right now is usually the part of the episode where I would tell you that Ryan and I met in Hootsuite's cool startup office. However, this situation is a little bit different. So, like I mentioned before, this interview with Ryan is the first one I did. And because of that, I didn't actually have the budget to travel. In fact, I wouldn't know a month later that I would be able to travel. Because my original idea for this show was audio only and to record via Skype. Now, thankfully, that has changed. But since this was my first conversation, I had to make do with the resources I had and work with Skype. So, I was in Toronto and Ryan was in Vancouver. And at exactly 9 o'clock Pacific Standard Time and 12 o'clock Eastern Standard Time, I called Ryan. Hello. Hi, is this Ryan? Hi there, this is. Ryan, it's Campbell. How are you doing? Hi, Campbell. Good, thanks. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you for taking the time to be on the show. Yeah, you bet. So I promise this is the only Skype interview I have ever done and will ever do. That being said, I can honestly say it was one of my favorite conversations. And like all my interviews, we start at the very beginning, when Ryan was a child living off the grid in Vernon, British Columbia. What was that like? Yeah, that, that you know, it's true. I, I grew up in a farm in the Okanagan. We were off the grid, no electricity. We had goats and chickens and honeybees and a well and kerosene lamps. It was really uh, a, a great place to grow up, a big adventure. My parents were teachers, and they left teaching to uh, chase this adventure and, and to build a, a house and a farm. And, and so that's what you know, I, I grew up with. Um, you know, I think that it was, it was so interesting to kind of be really off of the grid and not have a lot of the, you know, things like TV and other things around that, that most people just take, took for granted today. Yeah. And I read that in grade five, you won a programming contest and the prize was an Apple computer. But since you were off the grid, you ran that computer off a car battery because you didn't have electricity. Anyway, my question is, how did you get into programming at such a young age and especially living off the grid? It wouldn't seem like the two go hand in hand. In grade five, I discovered the school library uh, had these computers and I was kind of like a moth to a flame. I just was so enamored with them i i you know they had some some games basic games like education games and i played them i this is really cool like i love this thing and uh there was real scarcity to them there was only five in the library four i think and and it was first come first serve so every you know recess lunch after school i'd run in you know try to elbow my way into one and the librarian realized I was really passionate about these things. And, uh, you know, he said, hey, Ryan, you know, there's this thing called programming. And with programming, you can, you know, you can do things like build your own games. And, that, you know, my eyes just lit up. I'm like, oh, you can you can make your own. What? That's that's really cool. And so he sh- showed me a little bit of uh, basic programming. And then I just went from there. Right. I started building all sorts of little programs and uh, it was an amazing creative outlet. And um, so shortly thereafter, the programming contest came along and I, I won the computer. And uh, and then I my dad rewired the computer to run off yeah. 12 volts. And I popped the hood on my mom's car and plug in a couple of alligator clips on it and, and uh, go play on the computer and programmed a lot more uh, at home after that, which was it was great. So when you were growing up, you obviously you discovered this love for programming. But did you enjoy school? 
Yeah, I love school. It was, you know, I I, I think I, w- I, I was able to scratch my entrepreneurial itch um, during high school, which which gave me, I, I think, if I wasn't doing, you know, I had a paintball field. I started in grade 10. Um, it was a really cool venture uh, that I could do off the side, do after school and on weekends. And if I didn't have that outlet, I probably would have been um, a little restless in school. But I, I think it gave me that outlet and I was able to kind of do do more. And I, I really appreciate that opportunity. It was a very cool one. But I, I love school. It was, it was great. I, I think I wanted to go and, you know, charge out and go and make a dent in the universe um, and, and sometimes I felt like it was slowing me down from doing that. I was restless to go and do that. But on the other hand, you know, it's something that, that you, you need as, as table stakes for, for life. So you went to UVic, University of Victoria, um, but you eventually you dropped out. Why did you decide to drop out? Yeah, you know, I, I loved UVic. Uh, it was a great school, beautiful campus. Uh, the education was fine. I think at that point, you know, I'd been running my paintball field for, uh, I took a gap year. I mean, I'd been running it for five years, I think at, at the point where I was at UVic. Um, and I was kind of waiting each year for like the big aha moment, the big download of like all of the cool stuff that I wasn't exposed to through running that business. And, you know, running a small business is like, a doing a BCom. It's like a mini MBA. Uh, you learn so much you, you are forced to, and, and I think necessity always just gets you there really quick, but you're the, you're the chief marketer, you're the salesperson, you're the product and operations person, you're everything mm-hmm, to the business yeah. when you're a solo operator. And, um, you know, my mom was an entrepreneur, so she helped me a little bit with finance and, and accounting, kind of learning what to do there, doing some of the, you know, tax filings and other stuff. So when I went to, to UVic, I was looking for the big download of the stuff. And what I felt like, you know, at year three still, I was kind of like, I've done this stuff. And I, I have done a lot of the accounting, done a lot of marketing. And so I wasn't getting that big download. And I wanted to go and, as I mentioned in high school, I wanted to go, you know, put a dent in the universe. Yeah. And so I made a, a decision. And this is a very personal decision. I'm not condoning this for anybody. It's, uh, you know, saying this is the right thing to do. It was the right thing for me to do at this point mm-hmm. in my career and yeah. life. Um, and I made a decision to drop out and go uh, chase uh, an opportunity. And so, you know, it was a tough decision. Um but I think it was the right one for me at that time. And when you dropped out, what was the opportunity you were chasing? <laughs> well, it's funny. So I dropped out in, um, let's see, I think it was 98 or 99. Uh, and, and I had this passion for computers. The internet was blowing up uh, in a good way. There was just so much dot-com stuff going on. And hilariously... I went and started a restaurant. Okay. So, you know, why why the hell is this guy that's interested and passionate about computers? There's this huge internet revolution that's yeah. starting up, and I go and start a restaurant. But anyways, I started a pizza by the slice restaurant. Uh, I did it for uh, two years, uh, kind of through the end of 98, 99. And uh, it was it was great. I learned so much. Um, did, did it back in my hometown. Um, I was able to do both my paintball business in the restaurant. And so it kept me super busy, learned a ton, had a great time. But in 99, kind of fall of 99, I was 
looking again at all this internet that was really going crazy. And I was like, why am I over here doing this when there's probably one of the biggest disruptive uh, waves and trends that humanity's ever seen happening over here? I should probably go and get involved in that. And so I sold the restaurant and that's what I did. So the year is 2000, and after Ryan moved on from the restaurant, he eventually founded an agency called Invoke. And at Invoke, we focused on doing services work for customers. So people would bring us problems, you know, following the whole evolution of the Internet. You know, we had people that were looking for websites and people that were looking uh, at a later stage for email marketing, for search marketing. And uh, we built out a kind of a string of products along the way to help those customers. So we had services and then products. And uh, with, with the kind of advent of social, we started having customers asking us how they could get better awareness on social media, uh, asking us for services uh, in, in social media, for social media marketing. And what we realized pretty early on was that there was a lot of uh, complexity to managing multiple brands on social media with multiple team members. And uh, that was the aha moment and kind of what led us to, to build out Hootsuite was solving that problem. So I think that's interesting that you mentioned an aha moment, because it seems like with a lot of the entrepreneurs I've talked to, they've never really forced an idea. It's come to them. Um, and I'm sure executing uh, is definitely part of a successful business. And I'm sure you're good at many things, but what do you think your unique ability is? Like, what are you the best at, if you had to narrow it down? Yeah, it's a, a great question. And I think, you know, I, I come from, I had a string of businesses as an, entre- as an entrepreneur. And what I often say to people is that as a, as a founder and, and leader, you need to be good at a lot of things, but you need to be excellent at a few things. And so you need to kind of need to know enough to be dangerous. You need to know, you know, some financials, some management, some, you know, on, on, take your list. Uh, And as you get bigger in scale, the the great thing is that there are specialists that can come in and help you with areas that you're not passionate about or interested in uh, or areas that you're weak at. And that's just what I've done. And, you know, it allows you to double down and focus on what you're strong at or what you love. And that's, that's what I've done. And for me, I would say that what I am passionate about, what I love, I love marketing. Um, I love, you know, design, communications, all the kind of things that go into marketing. I love product. I love digging in, playing with product, breaking it, figuring out how we can make it better and improving it. And, and, um, I also am really passionate about culture within our company and, and making sure that we have an amazing culture, innovative culture. Um, and, and so I, I kind of get to really focus on those three areas. And then I work with my team and leaders to you know work on the other areas of the business. And, and they kind of go and manage those areas and, and report back to me. Coming up, how Ryan decided to give back to the entrepreneurship community by creating a nonprofit called the League of Innovators. This is The Ones Who Succeed. I'm Campbell Barron. Stick with us. We'll be right back after a brief word from our sponsor. This season of The Ones Who Succeed is brought to you by Skillshare. Skillshare is an online learning community with over 20,000 classes in business, marketing, technology, design, and more. You can take classes in social media marketing, video editing, entrepreneurship, you name it, they've got it. So whether you're trying to deepen your professional skill set, start a side hustle, or just explore a new passion, Skillshare is there to keep you learning and thriving. 
So join the millions of students already learning on Skillshare today because Skillshare is offering the first 250 people who click the link in the description two months of unlimited access to over 20,000 classes all for free. To sign up, go to Skillshare.com succeed. Again, that's Skillshare.com succeed to start your first two months now. And a special thanks to Skillshare for sponsoring this season. Welcome back to The Ones Who Succeed. I am Campbell Barron. So the year is 2013, and Ryan Holmes wanted to find a way to give back to the entrepreneurship community. So he started the League of Innovators, which is a nonprofit based out of Vancouver that helps entrepreneurs with their businesses, essentially an accelerator program. I believe that entrepreneurs are uh, a huge accelerant to prosperity. I mean, if you think about uh, anything that you look at and touch and feel and see, it was brought to market by an entrepreneur. You know, I'm talking on my iPhone right yeah. now. An entrepreneur at one point had an idea on this and took it to market. Uh, so, so they they create a lot of uh, prosperity and wealth. Uh, I, I think that they're a very special breed. And you know, as I was a young entrepreneur, I started my first business when I was 16. At 36, so 20 years later, uh, I, I found Hootsuite. You know, I I talked about other entrepreneurs that struggle for 40 years, 60 years to finally become a you know entrepreneurial success. And, and, you know, my thinking on League of Innovators is, is that how can we help accelerate entrepreneurs so that they learn from people that came before them, get to their success at an earlier stage, and they can help that prosperity cycle continue. And um, so, you know, we, we basically provide an online curriculum and chapter model so that people can set up chapters, get access to curriculum, create peer network, and, and, and get into entrepreneurship. And so... Yeah, I encourage your listeners to take a peek at that. So, Ryan, I guess a question I think about a lot is, do you think do you think people are born entrepreneurs or can anyone become one? Well, I wouldn't say anyone can become an entrepreneur, but I think if someone has the passion for it, they can become an entrepreneur. Uh, and, you know, there's a, there's a difference to that. I think if, if, you know, as a parent, you're trying to force your kid to become an entrepreneur and they just don't love it and they want to just go and do a different type of you know path in life, yeah. it's not going to work. In the same way that like forcing somebody to become a doctor or a lawyer when they don't want to be that, I don't think it's going to let them be the best that they can be. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I think if somebody is passionate about it, I think that they, you know, there are so many success stories about people that found their true calling through a massive long career, uh, you know, in an entrepreneurial sense. But those people really took risks at the end of the day and made it like the story of Colonel Sanders from KFC, an amazing story. If you haven't followed it, I, you know, there's YouTube's on it. You can follow it. You're like, how did this guy make this happen? He was at the very bottom uh, and just clawed his way up on, on passion and belief. Um, you know, and, and you see these stories time and time again. Uh, I, I think I'm excited personally about helping young entrepreneurs get connected and find their calling sooner in life so that they don't have to go through 40 years of, of struggling because I think that they really do help evolve and provide a lot of prosperity to, to humanity. 
So a lot of the people that listen to this podcast are interested in entrepreneurs, they're interested in their careers, they're interested in their paths. What advice would you give and what should everyone know before starting a business if they're on the edge? Well, I think if they're on the edge, they're there. Honestly, like if you are contemplating it and scheming it and thinking about it and dreaming about it, then I think you need to go and do it. I, I, I like wouldn't tell people to pump the brakes. Yeah. You know, one thing, thing that I get a little bit nervous on with people is, is like massively overextending themselves or putting themselves in a precarious financial or, you know, psychological state, you know, like if, if it's that loaded then I would say, you know, maybe pump the brakes and get yourself in a better spot before you go and you know dive into this because you need to be strong. You need to be healthy physically and mentally. You need to be in a good spot. You need to be able to have a bit of a nest egg financially so that if it doesn't work out, you have some safety nets. Uh, you need to have support around you, f- friends and family. But if you feel like you've got all of those, then you're and you're and you're scheming about it and thinking about it and passionate about mm-hmm. it, then you know, then you got to take the leap because it's the only way you'll know if it's something that, that you feel rewarded by. And, you know, life is too short not to go and explore these things that you're passionate about. So Ryan, if, if you think back to yourself running that paintball business in high school, I guess, did you know that you were, you were going to be an entrepreneur in the real world when, when you were done all of your, like when you were finished all of your education or did you just think of this paintball business as a, I guess, a way to make money? Oh, no. No, I was always going to be an entrepreneur. Uh, like, yeah, it just was something that I, you know, was so ingrained in me. It just personally, I felt like it was something I wanted to do. I would read biographies on business people just to, like, understand their career path, what they did, how they did it, what was smart and innovative. I love that. And then I just, I tried to model after that. Right. And so I, you know, I think probably listeners of your podcast, you're doing the same thing, listening to the guests that you have, thinking about how they can model, how they can follow a similar trajectory. And, and because it's something that is so personal and something that is also very elusive to a lot of people. And, and it can be frustrating that elusive nature of it. But I think the big thing that I tell people is you have to get off the sidelines and you have to go and do it. And, um, you can't do it through theory. You can't do it theoretically because something that you just have to experience and, and being in the seat and driving a business and it can be a small business. You can go and just start anything, you know, go set up a Shopify store, go, you know, just, just do it, like do social marketing, build something out start a product. And so I think the barrier to entry is lower than it's ever been. Uh, there's tons of capital. So it's a, it's an exciting time to be an entrepreneur. So my last question to you is how would you describe your entrepreneurial journey so far? Was building Hootsuite the hardest thing you've ever done? And do you think luck and timing are a necessary part of a success story? Yeah. So I would say that, uh, you know, in, in terms of my entrepreneurial, I, all I've really been at through my career is an entrepreneur. So, uh, it, it's, it's hard to benchmark it against, you know, uh, another life. Cause I haven't lived another life as an, as a, you know, an employee, but I think there, there are good days and bad days in entrepreneurship. And I think the, the good days can be really good and the bad days can be really bad. Um, and maybe in, in greater, um, magnitude than, than somebody that's not an entrepreneur. Um, so, you know, I, I, 
think that it, it is, you know, one of the most exciting careers around. Uh, it, it definitely has its good and bads. And and what was the second question? Just that, do you think luck and timing have played a role in oh, your success? yeah, absolutely. Uh, I, I think that I have been so lucky, and, and I'm very, as I mentioned, very grateful for this opportunity. If you really dig into entrepreneurs um, and talk about what, you know, they're doing, there are so many of them, like, I mean, watch them, you know, the movie about Facebook. Oh yeah. I think the social there's, there's some emails out there. Yeah. The social network. Uh, there's some, some emails out there from Zuckerberg talking about this wacky little project he was working on that he didn't think was really necessarily going to go yeah. anywhere called Facebook, you know? Uh, it, it, so, so you, you never know what the, the little things you're working on are going to be. And, um, you know, so, is that luck? I think a lot of times it is. And timing, absolutely. I tell entrepreneurs, you know, I mentioned I was, I was kind of had an opportunity to be at the, you know, uh, involved in the, the 1.0 of the internet, uh, you know, the consumer internet in 99, kind of 2000 era. Um, and I missed that wave, you know, I went to a restaurant, which is hilarious. Uh, but, but if you think about it, uh, I, the social wave came along and we got firmly in front of that. And so what I tell entrepreneurs is, uh, you know, I, I did a paintball company, a restaurant, n- the, no, no waves per se with those. Uh, the agency I started doing on a bit of a wave, mm-hmm. social big wave. And so I tell entrepreneurs, like, don't go surfing where there aren't waves, right? Yeah, it's true. Get in front of a big wave. And right now, there are a ton of big waves that are happening. You know, crypto is happening, AI is happening. There, you know, there's a number of interesting things that are happening out there. Go and get in in front of those waves because other more traditional industries, they're kind of you know lower growth. Um, there's a lot of competitors, incumbents that are there. Why would you set yourself up to go and battle in that world? When you can go and get into an area where in a few years or a few months even, you could become an expert. And that's pretty cool. Very like you could cool. be one of the people that knows the most about crypto in a couple of years. You could be a, a, an illuminary in that area. So I'd say go and look at that and get in front of that because there's nothing other than your passion that's going to stop you from succeeding in that, uh, in that way. All right. Well, uh, well, thank you, Ryan, for taking the time to be on the show. I really appreciate it. My pleasure. Great talking today. Ladies and gentlemen, that was my Skype conversation with Ryan Holmes. Thank you for listening to this week's episode. Just one quick thing before we go, just because this is a Skype interview doesn't mean we don't have a cool video episode to go with it. So I encourage you to check out the Ones Who Succeed YouTube channel. Since I only recorded audio with Ryan, I had to get creative. So I added cool graphics, animations, and video footage, all to keep it fresh. So I would greatly appreciate it if you could check that out. That link is in the description of this podcast or search www.bit.ly slash succeed YouTube. There are no caps in that, by the way. As well, you can follow us on Instagram. We are at The Ones Who Succeed and on Twitter at Ones Who Succeed. We also have a website, which is a guaranteed good time. That is www.theonesucceed.com. This show is produced by me and my mom, Lily Yerksevich. Our theme music is by Alta and our ad music is by Anders Nilsson. Additional music by Holly Marr. 
Thanks again to Skillshare for sponsoring the show, and our executive producer is Robert Barron. As well, special thanks to Lily Yerksevich, Robert Barron, Sophia Yerksevich, Jackie Burns, Steph Matisse, Callie Cooner, and of course, Ryan Holmes. I am Campbell Barron. Here are some scenes from next week's episode of The Ones Who Succeed. Next week, I chat with 27-year-old Jay Casson, who is the co-founder and CEO of Movement Watches. You need, as an entrepreneur, mm-hmm. to have big aspirations. Yeah. Right? Like, you need to believe truthfully in your, in your heart that this is going to be big or this can be big. That's on next week's episode of The Ones Who Succeed. <laughs>